This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again and always again and brought to you by poppyapparel.com. With summer coming to a close, fast and furious, as they say, Uh, women you got to bundle up so if you're a woman and you want some nice autumn clothes or some nice fall clothes or some nice pumpkin spice clothes go to poppyapparel.com enter promo code the podcast with a capital d you'll get 10 percent off your shipment plus it's free shipping worldwide and if you're a male and you want to buy some clothes and support the cause you could go to wehavemerch.com type in the podcast in the search field and you'll see that there's men's tees women's tees and also for you coffee drinkers, the podcast mugs. So go support the cause. And obviously go listen to the show on podbros.com. Hit there. Amazon banner. If you shop at Amazon, it costs you nothing. Takes two seconds. Helps them out. And also you can listen to my show on EMZT Radio every Sundays. They have a podcast block in the afternoon from about 1 to 6. I'm usually around 3 to 4. And obviously iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn and soundcloud also go support sarah rin she just put up a new patreon page so go help her out go support her by supporting her you're supporting me as well so just go to patreon.com backslash sarah rin and you'll see her page and she has all kinds of different tiers from a dollar to i don't know maybe a thousand dollars if you're lucky maybe she'll come over and give you a nice little massage you know what i mean you never know you never know she might be nice that way but anyways go support her in any way you can and follow her as well at sarah rin comedy on twitter so this week i have a guest he's not ready yet to come on because last week as you could tell i aired an old episode with me pedro and danny calling in halfway it was a good episode i didn't air it at the time because there was no point to air it i usually keep those type of episodes i have nothing to do with i guess um what's going on in the media or whatever so then it's timeless and then i could just pop it in whenever so i had vacation last week i went away i'll touch that I'll touch that on a base. No, man. What was that? Two minutes in and almost made it. Motherfucker. Or, no, sorry. Two minutes plus a minute and a half because everyone complains how long the intro is, even though you could skip it, but that's okay. 
so whatever okay anyways I'll touch on that in a bit about going my adventures in Vancouver but first before I get into that so before I started recording I usually like to have okay my routine before I record here pulling back the fourth wall or opening the curtain or whatever the fuck it's called spreading her legs open and something comes out and then you see the real so I usually like to make a protein shake because that holds me over just in case I go long or if my guest runs late or if something happens and I can't eat. And plus, I could usually sip on it and sometimes it's not noticeable. But, so, but, and so. Hope everyone has come up with a drinking game so far. For every time I say but and so, or if I say but and so back to back, that's like a quadruple shot or something. Anyways. And anyways as well. That's, that's the third, that's the trifecta. So, I was making a protein shake, and what I usually do is I put berries. Uh, my God, my memory sucks. So, I do berries. I do almond milk, unsweetened. And then I put my hemp hearts for as a protein. And then I put, what's it, almond butter for i guess the sweetness and you could also add chai or something else or i don't fucking or flaxseed or whatever you want but i don't do that because i don't need my stool to be soft in anyways so anyways and so back to back then <laughs> i proceed to make the shake and everything's fine everything's cool i make it it stirs it all up i put it in the blender cool put it in my cup okay start because I, I like to clean the blender right away or else it gets sticky right so I go and same thing for sex. So then I go and I start cleaning the blender and I have one of these uh, sponge pads. I don't know if anyone uses these type of things. It's not, what's it called? It's not like your traditional like fabric, like spongy type thingy where it starts to smell like shit and it smells like fucking rotten eggs and stuff and there's all kinds of bacteria on it. No, my wife found these special ones. They work, so good for her for finding it, but she found these, it's like, I don't know what it is. It's like almost plasticky compared to materially. And it has like, okay, you know those balls with the like the fine hairs on it or something? Just picture something flat, but with thicker hairs like that. So it's pretty good. It works, it cleans. And as soon as you clean it off with water, there's no stink. You could literally use it for months if you need to, right? But here's the problem. Slippery ass fuck. So here I am cleaning... <laughs> The fucking, I was going to say the shaker. Man, should I just go to my guests and just fuck everything? Because it seems like I can't talk to myself anymore now that I don't have Master P here with me. Master P, you fucking cocksucking traitor. Anyways, I was cleaning the blender and then with the sponge, I was cleaning it around and around and then it came flying out. Guess where the fuck the sponge landed in? I don't know how I did this. I could never get a hole in one when I golf. But landed right in the shake, in my cup, where the shake was. So, me, I hate doing stuff twice. And plus, I'm cheap as fuck. I don't want to go pour it out and make another one. Took it out. Rinsed off the fucking the, the sponge thingamajigger. And drank the shake. So, maybe that's, that's what it is. I'm fucking poisoned. I'm poisoned by fucking dishwashing soap from the sponge. That's why I'm talking so slow and I can't remember more than usual. That's it. I'll go with that. Okay, anyways, as I said at the start, I went to Vancouver. Beautiful. Amazing. Love the scenery. 
Gas is expensive. Well, I'm comparing everything to Toronto. So if you guys don't know Toronto, then I, I don't know. Americans, I don't even know how to compare it because we do liters and you guys do gallons. But typically, a good day in Toronto, I guess gas goes for anywhere from 120 to 130 I guess that's safe to say. However, in Vancouver, the gas was $1.50 all the time. Hold on. I need, I need to take a sip. Yes, one fifty. Uh, what else about Vancouver? I said the scenery is nice, yes. Follow the, well, see, if you're not following my Instagram, you wouldn't have seen the stories, but I think I posted one of the views of Vancouver all together, 10 pics or so, I don't know, go check it out, Finger Styles on Instagram and Twitter. So, the scenery was beautiful, jaw-dropping, I, you can't even, like, pictures don't describe and give it justice at all, you have to literally be there. Here's my gripes, because everyone else... Here, for you, Pedro. I'm bringing back shit I hate just for Pedro, because he keeps raking my balls that he wants it back. So, because of you, Pedro, I'm bringing it back for this quick little thingamajigger again, because I like to say words more than once when I say it once for the first time on a, on the show, just to make sure you guys hear it. <laughs> I'm bringing back shit I hate. So, Vancouver, this is what I hate about you. Your fucking restaurants suck ass. Literally suck fucking ass. There's no diversity. There's no fucking nothing. I ate at an Italian restaurant. Pretty good. Portuguese restaurant was pretty good. I admit that. Their pizza. They didn't even have fucking Pizza Nova. Go figure. But. Uh, what else? No. They had some a good poutine spot. Where else did we try and eat? My wife wanted to eat Greek. But I want nothing to do with that. I didn't see one Greek walking around. Obviously because of Vancouver. It's close to Asia. So there's mostly Asians running around. But. But actually, no, they're not running around. You see, they only run around here. That's the one thing I like about Vancouver. Everything's so fucking laid back. But the thing is, everything's so expensive. So how can you be laid back and pay for everything when everything is so expensive? But the good thing is, when you do eat out, they only have like a 5% tax. Unlike fucking Ontario, who still has their whatever tax, and then their tax on wine, and then their tax on this. But yeah, no, it's pretty cool. They also have a very bad, sorry, I hate to say it, but it's true, <clears throat> homeless population. Like, I drove by um, West Hastings Street, and wow, wow. Speaking about you need to see it for yourself, it was literally two or three blocks of just homeless people squatting, and, like, buildings looked like they were abandoned and shit. Or if they were not, they were not getting any business. And if you live there, I don't know, man, but we drove by there. I don't know how we did it, but we were following GPS, so GPS told us to go. We went. If we went into the ocean, oh, well. That's what I was scared of when we were going up north. So... Actually, question. If I have any Vancouver listeners or anyone from the West Coast or anyone who visits Vancouver on a regular and knows this answer, email me, the podcast app at gmail.com or Twitter me, the finger styles or the podcast app and let me know. What do you call someone who's from Vancouver? A Vancouverite? Is that what it is? A Vancouverinonian? What else is there? A Vancouverian? I don't know. Vancouverite. Maybe. Anyways, email me, tweet me, do something at me so I can know what it is called. So the thing is, they're very polite. They're not like Torontonians. They respect, <laughs> they actually respect the crossing signs. Like, like, you know, when the hand starts flashing and shit, people stop crossing. Here in Toronto, people start running and even more people go on the street and like, no, I can make it. And then the pedestrians are blocking. And this is like downtown Vancouver I'm talking about. I don't know about the outskirts. I only drove out there, but I'm talking about walking. 
And then there's this one time where you could so tell we were Torontonians. Just walked right through it like nothing. And I thought everyone, like, I think it was the first time we were there, the first night or so. We walked right through a sign and it was like nothing. And it's like, yeah. But they had some nice artists and coffee there too. And we sat outside for a little bit. And this is really fucked up. So I go get this coffee because I wanted some, I guess, West Coast coffee because being Seattle so close, I would figure that Vancouver has some good coffee as well, right? It was all right. Anyways, I go grab my coffee. We go sit outside, me and my wife. We're drinking our coffees. The most weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life walking by me. And I don't know if there's cults and shit in Vancouver. Another thing you guys can let me know if you're from the West Side there. But doesn't... Okay. In the nicest, politest way... Two sets of Asian couples walk by and the men were dressed exactly alike and the women were dressed exactly alike, but they were paired off. So there was one man with one woman and one woman with one man. The only thing that was different was their shoes. And I don't think they were cosplaying unless they were cosplaying fucking Bill Cosby because they were wearing these fucking 80s, because they're older guys too and older women. They were wearing these 80s fucking knitted sweaters and the women were wearing like almost like these Amish type dresses, but... I think it was in pink or green or something. I can't remember. No, the men's the men's fucking sweater was green. I think the woman's was something else. Yellow maybe. I don't know. Anyways, it was like a sundress. And they just walked by. I'm like, these guys have to be part of a cult. They're either, they either got a pass for the day to come outside and, t- and take a walk around the block. Or they're out scouting for other fucking members that could join or I don't know what the fuck. Or they're just from, you know, you know that movie where the, the bunker movie Blast from the Past with that guy from The Mummy, the original Mummy, Brendan Fraser. Ha! See, the soap's wearing off now. So that movie where he just comes up from the ground and everything is like, oh my God, and he's dressed like out of whack and him and his parents are kind of sort of dressed the same. Maybe this is what happened. Maybe they're living in like in some kind of vault and they just came up and they were walking around. But I don't know, man. And again, it's not the, like everything was identical except the shoes. It's not like they were wearing the same type of shirt. Like, oh, you're both wearing white t-shirts. No, no, no. They're wearing the exact same type of fucking sweater. The exact same dresses. Like I said, the only thing that it was, was the shoes. So, I don't know. What else did I see? Oh, and then also walking the streets. A lot of people like to yell for some reason in Vancouver. Uh, And then we seemed to find out once we went to a Portuguese restaurant that um, the owner was telling us that because obviously I said I was Portuguese, so you know, you know, you get a little bit more extra help there, friend. You get a little bit more better fucking servings and shit. But so they decided to come talk to us because I guess there's not a lot of Portuguese in Vancouver. Go figure. I thought we were everywhere. I thought we were like fucking cockroaches that we fucking and just leave. But anyways, they were saying that there's a lot of uh, mental disease in Vancouver apparently because it kind of makes sense. They were saying too because of the the weather. Like there's there's no seasons. It's always the same type of weather all year round, and it's gloomy, right? So I witnessed this after where this guy looked like he was fine. I think we're in a mall. I can't remember. I think it was the CF Pacific Mall in Vancouver. I can't remember. Anyways, we were inside a mall, I believe. And this guy, he looked like he was like a custodian. Like he looked like he was a janitor. He looked like he was part of maintenance, whatever. Like he wore the uniform. He just comes out of where like the washrooms is. And again, I don't know where these people find these uniforms. Maybe it's something in Vancouver where everyone likes to cosplay and act crazy or something. But he comes out. And starts yelling, I'm going on strike. That's it. I'm going on strike. And just yelling it. I'm like, 
okay, maybe this guy, you know what I mean, got angry, you know, didn't get his raise and fuck, his boss is back there and he just came out or maybe he got fired and this is his way of saying it. But then he goes on to say, I'm going on strike. I'm going on strike because I don't want to pay taxes anymore. Like, okay. So, so you're going on strike not to make any money so then you starve so the government gets nothing. So you're going to kill yourself to prove a point to the government which they won't miss your tax contribution anyways because you're just one person. So that's when I knew there was a problem. <laughs> what else did we do? We went to the planetarium there because, um, again, if you followed my Instagram, you would have known what I posted, but it was my first time. I was never privileged enough to go as a kid. Like, I make fun of me. Of me? Yes. But I make fun of myself a lot for being cheap. And, oh my God, my parents, this is where I get it from. Because I remembered why I didn't go to the planetarium. So as a child, everyone gets to go to the planetarium. Especially in Toronto, we have a planetarium as well. So you go, you look back, you look at the stars. Ah, it's a nice show, whatever. This was back in the 80s. This is how old I am. So I'm dating it back. So people who are my age group won't know planetarium because you won't care about a planetarium because then you had iPads. So you could see everything there. But back in the day, you had to go to planetarium to look out into the sky instead of using an iPad, right? And all these apps. So the day came where my parents had to sign and pay. Well... I can't remember how much it was, but they saw it to be too expensive. It did not let me go. Now to think about it, all the school trips I missed as a child was because I had to pay. Only the free ones, like going to the fucking park, which I could do after school by myself anyways, would be the trips they'd sign off on. Or whatever. So I'm like, you know what? It's during the week. School just started up. Planetarium is going to be empty. Who cares? We'll just go. I don't like to be around people anyway, so we'll go. Cool. We went. Yeah, it was empty. But it wasn't empty because the fucking schools were out. Um... Okay, so we walk in, we go watch the planetarium show, but before I get to that, because that was actually the best part, but after that, we go to watch, like walk around, like the actual museum part and see like the cool things. The only cool thing that was there, there was two things. One, it was one of five, I think, moon rocks in the world that people were able to touch. So I touched the moon rock. Felt like plastic and it felt like a pen, but hey, whatever. They said it was a moon rock, it's a moon rock. And then... Beside it, there was this asteroid, I don't know, maybe the size of a football. Must have weighed like 60 pounds. That's all thick and condensed, like just to show, it was, I don't know, it was from some asteroid site in somewhere in Africa, I can't remember anyways. And then they had some other exhibits, whatever, but everything was broken. Everything looked like it was from the fucking 80s. Like the, my wife took a picture of me in this fucking spacesuit. I don't even know why she wanted to. It looked like the spacesuit from fucking, what's that uh, Robin Williams show, Mick and Morky or Morky and Mindy or whatever. Anyways, that old show, again, being old. But it was ridiculous. So then we get there, we watch the, we go to Planetarium because the next show is up and it's uh, traveling the solar system and looking through at the stars. Then I'm, I'm reading outside as my wife's paying for the tickets and they have the exhibits and they're saying that they have this, the planet because there's like eight types of shows you could watch so one of them is like narrated by Signore Weaver another one's narrated by like Morgan Freeman another one's this that so we get there sit down I'm like yes I'm gonna get some celebrities showing me the universe teaching me some stuff I've never learned nope just some fucking local on her fucking microphone pretending that she's an a celebrity with power issues telling everyone to sit down and answer her questions and this and that i felt like i was in fucking school it was not enjoyable i thought it was going to be like an imax type experience the fucking ceiling looked like literally a projector projecting out 
and that's it and like there was nothing special i don't know i took some cool pictures because i zoomed in and added photoshop and sh not photoshop um what's it called filters and stuff because that's the only way it would have looked good but as a child i could see how it's you know enticing i kind of sort of knew everything she was talking about because i am sort of a space nerd but some things were interesting but uh was it worth it i could have passed oh and then finally the last show we saw this last show some guy talking about how different types of fires is needed to see what types of different combustible elements there are out in the universe. Okay, I know it's cool and all, and I know I'm a space nerd too, and I'm going to be making fun of myself here. But really? Why the fuck do I care what type of flame looks like when I'm in outer space? If I ever do get to go to outer space, everything will be controlled and I'm not going to be a fucking engineer. It's good to know on the basis and it's cool to show these special experiments, but come on, man. Like I said, everything was outdated. I don't know. It was just, you know. You know. It was what it is. And what else? Oh, I hit the comedy mix too. I went to go see some comedians, do some stand-up. I got in trouble. I felt, again, felt like I was in school. This is the theme here. Vancouver, you're a bunch of fucking tight ass. Vancouverites. <laughs> you're a bunch of fucking tight asses. Went to a comedy show. Okay, I understand the whole do not record pictures afterwards whatever whatever okay but to go to the extent of telling me to put away my phone when i'm trying to write down some notes onto my phone or checking in a, a message the light's not on like we had these little lamps no one could see my phone there was no like i wasn't pointing it towards the fucking stage so i get speaking of power chips this guy comes taps on my shoulder put your phone away there's no phones allowed i was waiting for him to say well so i'm going to take it away like what the fuck man can you imagine that here in toronto someone telling you that what the fuck? You get a fucking bitch slap to the fucking face. So that was my beautiful time in Vancouver. Anyways, let's see if uh, my special guest this week, as you guys probably already read ahead, Ed Kuno from SBP Comics. Let's see if he's ready to come on board and talk about uh, what's been up with him because I know he's got some news and shit and then we could shoot the shit and do the usual spiel. I just decided to do a little bit different this week instead of putting my story of the week at the end. I did it at the beginning because I had time to burn and... It is what it is. So, without further ado, we have this week from SBP Comics, his second time around on the show, so he's no longer a virgin to the show, so he's a good old vet. He'll be able to keep up with me, and he knows what to expect. I have Ed Kuno. Hi. You're back. I am back, and uh, thank you so much for having me uh, a second time. I must have... Uh... I must have not screwed up too bad the first time, because here I am again. And vice versa, because you want to come back, so I'm, I must have not scared you off that much either. That was great. Uh, yeah, so um, we are back. Yeah, what's I up, man? Uh, Tell me. Yeah. I was just going to say, mainly uh, it's because we have issue two of Invasion from Planet Wrestletopia, nice. uh, which we put out not too long ago, and um, for those who didn't hear uh, the episode I was on last time. Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia is a uh, comic book miniseries, and it's essentially, it's about a disgruntled professional wrestler who declares himself galactic champion of the universe, despite his boss. The TV signal goes out into space and is intercepted by a planet of alien wrestlers who view it as an act of war. Don't that's, that's some pitch. <laughs> that is some pitch. And I'm all caught up. I have read issue two, so I know what's going on in the story. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, again, 
I hate to say it, you left me on a cliffhanger and I want more. Oh, well, that's that's a good sign. Uh, issue three is underway. I believe it is is almost fully inked, oh, nice. including the cover. There's just like some bonus material that the artists are still working on. And we've got to just get that thing colored and a lettered, of course, and a few other uh, bells and whistles. And it's it's issue three is is coming. It's on its way. And the other big news is that we signed on with a publisher. Oh, nice. We were looking, you know, for a publisher last time. We talked, and um, we are going to, you know, we, we've been talking to some different people, and uh, we're going to be published by Starburns Industries Press. Uh, they're new to comic books, but okay. they're um, they're not new to uh, Hollywood. They're uh, a company that was co-founded by Dan Harmon of Community Fame, uh, co-creator of Rick and Morty. Okay. So, and that the product, the Starburns Industries, I uh, believe, uh, produces the Rick and Morty TV show, and uh, uh, another show that's pretty popular on HBO, which was called Animals. Okay. And uh, so I think it's season two. And of course, Dan Harmon does Harmon Town, and uh, so uh, so Starburns Industries Press they 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 uh, published one of Harmon's books along with Eric uh, Esquivel, mm-hmm. who's the other writer on it, who just came out with Borderlands uh, for the Vertigo line, DC's okay. new Vertigo la- uh, launch, wow, nice. which uh, is a cool comic book. I bought it and I read it, and I really dug it. Um, so those two collaborated, Dan Harmon and Eric Esquivel, on uh, this book called Gregory Graves. And um, just essentially um, uh, answers. It's essentially like, what if Lex Luthor were right and Superman were not to be trusted? Oh, nice! <laughs> it's pretty cool. That is. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a cool story. I've actually read that one too. I um, and they publish some other titles. Oddwell is one. Halicious is another. Just kind of like Calvin and Hobbes if in hell. Right. If if Calvin were living with his parents in hell, um, so they sort of have a focus on comics that are uh they call them sad funny and strange but but they, they mm-hmm. do have the, a common thread of humor uh amongst them and so we thought we'd be a good fit and they agreed and they're going to publish us i think digitally uh for now but hopefully next year at some point um okay we'll retail stores so that's that's the other big news and did you guys sign on just for Planet of Versotopia or just or Invasion of Planet from Versotopia or is it more of a, a whole thing like the whole SBP Productions group? Uh, well, we're going to um, keep publishing Versotopia with them. Okay. And the plan is it's going to be like bi-monthly. So it'll force us to do these a little faster. Oh, okay. Uh, so we can get to our sixth and final issue, <laughs> uh, you know, um, at some point. Uh, in, in 2019, we'll, we'll have the complete story arc oh, okay. finished. Um, the floppies will have uh, some exclusive bonus material. Right. We'll get to a trade, but the the floppies will have some exclusive stuff that's really fun. I, I might actually really, really, really. Uh, there's some in issue two. There'll be some in issue three. I'm really, I'm really uh, digging doing that stuff. So, um, hopefully, that you know, there's some incentive there to check out the individual issues as well as oh, of the, course uh, now, i have a question when i yeah. when i came to an, the end of uh issue two 
there was something at the bottom. Now, I had the digital form because you were so gracious enough to send it to me. Thank you so much. But at, right at the bottom, I think it was on the, either the last or the second last page, it said something like Houston Homewrecker. What, what the hell is that about? Are you guys going around uh, ruining marriages or something? Well, every issue, we give um, everyone on the book like a wrestling nickname. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> we do that for both issues. So the second issue, Matt and I are the Houston homewreckers. Um, uh, Dan is the Kami Tsunami. Scotty, that's oh, her artist. Okay. Uh, Marissa Louise, our colorist, she's the Manitowoc Mauler. Um, the larger, larger World Studios did our lettering. Were the Sin City Stud Stable? Oh wow! And then we had our designer Fred Chow, who was uh, first class. Fred Chow. There you go. Wow. Yeah, we're just having fun with uh, with wrestling nicknames. Oh, uh, no, I see. no one has to worry about the us. Uh, their marriage. Their okay, I was just checking. Next thing you know, next time you go to Houston, you have this report of all these marriages coming apart. And, you know, you never know. Just checking. Yeah, it was a weird thing in wrestling where guys were super, you know, braggadocious about, like, their uh, their power over with, you know, like Paul Orndorff. Mm-hmm. You know, every time I show my face on camera, another... Another wife leaves her uh, leaves her husband. One I, of my personal I, favorites was uh, <laughs> Ravishing Rick, Rick Rude was one of my personal favorites for that. Oh uh, yeah, he was he was like yeah he was like the biggest uh, Lothario of them all, right? <laughs> well, you yeah. wanted to be like him. The guy comes out, he's got this physique. He could wrestle. He grabs a random chick every week, makes out with them. Why not? <laughs> It's a pretty good life for him. That was a gimmick. I, w- I wonder how, if he introduced it or if Vince came up to him with it. Um, Do you know anything of that? Uh, I, I think they were in an era that he wrestled in an era where Vince and some of the other executives were pretty controlling over gimmicks. And ah, I think they, they really, right. I mean, who knows, but I think they were really, the chances are he was told, this is what you're going to do. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably like, sure, yeah, whatever. Show up my abs. Exactly. And one last thing about what's going on with you, or unless you want to add anything else, it's up to you, but you were at some kind of uh, con of some sort recently as well? Yeah, we went to... So, we're, uh, you know, I live in Portland, uh, as do a couple of the guys from Starburns. Even though Star, Starburns, the industries, is in uh, somewhere around or near Hollywood or in Hollywood. So okay. I have never, you know, somewhere in that area. Right. And, uh, right. but we, um, yeah, we did, we did, uh, we got a booth at Rose City Comic Con and we, and we, uh, exhibited with Starburns Industries and it was really cool. I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't been to too many comic book conventions. I went to Rose City last year, okay. Matt and I, my, my co-writer, uh, Matt Inton and I, we just walked around with issue one, like in our backpack and tried to get publishers to talk to us. Right. And then right. this year we had a, we had a booth where we tried to get like a, normal people to talk to us and um it was fun it was cool uh, people responded really well to the concept mm-hmm. uh of wrestletopia um we got a lot of people to come check it out and listen to us and they'd laugh and and a lot you know a fair number of people bought an issue from us nice. which we weren't we weren't too worried about selling but we we, we want we want to still, you know try to get the word out there so yeah, it was course. cool to have people 
want to spend their own money, hard-earned money on on our stuff and to check it out. Um, it's also kind of exhausting. I, I don't know how many if you've if you've worked a trade show in any capacity for any job, you can relate. But it's you're just desperately trying to get people to stop, like right. you know, stampeding to go get Doctor Who's autograph and uh, say, "Hey, <laughs> come check." come check out these comic books and so many people just don't have time for it, you know, which is understandable. Uh, but it, it, it can just, it's a numbers game, right? And, right, it, and it can, you've got to be a salesman and handle, um, being ignored. Well, um, it's, it, it, it was fun and exhausting and frustrating all at once. See, that's what I hate about podcasting as well. The sales part of putting yourself out there and literally whoring yourself to every single person who passes by because you literally just want everyone to get a, their eyes or their ears on it and the re- constant rejection. I guess you should get a hard shell afterwards, but every once in a while, so like, is it still worth doing? Because one out of every 10 doesn't seem like uh, it's going to take off anytime soon. You know what I mean? But with all hard work, it takes time. You put your nose down, grind, and it'll eventually come, right? Exactly what it is. It, 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 for Russell Toby, it's been a very slow but steady uh, grind, you know. It's, and um, the con was neat, but it was hard not to have a flash of, uh, you know, the imposter syndrome. Like you see some of these famous comic book writers and artists, and they have these long lines of people wanting to talk to them and right. get their autograph. <laughs> and it was, you know, we're at this booth, you know. <laughs> begging people to stop, you know, giving out free candy so that they'll maybe, you know, look at our stuff. And, uh, yeah, I finally just said, you know what, fine, you know, screw it. Okay. So I, I'm an imposter. I can live with that. That's, that's, that's whatever. So you're telling Uh, me that no groupie came up to you and you didn't get to sign any women's tits or anything? Uh, maybe when I was getting some pizza or something that happened. Um, not, we're not there yet. We're not (laughs) I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll sign anything. If a cool. person loves uh, our work that much, I'll sign any body part of any any person. If it's if it's their if it's that, if that's what they want, I'm, I'm I'll I'll be down for it. I'll state that I'll state that right here and now. <laughs> that's cool. So there was, so in, all in all, you enjoyed the experience. It was worth it, but you wouldn't want to do it again if you wouldn't have to. <laughs> I would prefer <laughs> to write. I, I prefer to write things right. and send them out into the world and have millions of people uh, fall over themselves to buy it and then just tell me how great I am and I never have to leave my home. That's what I'm shooting for. That's fantastic. And it's, that, it's not working out. I'm gonna have, <laughs> I've got to get out there. I've got to put my big ugly mug out there and... and uh, and get, you know, beg people to, to check out my stuff. Yeah, until you get big enough, and then you just hire people to do everything for you, right? That's the goal. That's exactly the goal. Well, speaking of out-of-this-world fucking signals and shit, and uh, wrestlers coming from different galaxies, this might interest you. Yes. Have you heard that it is official now? There is extraterrestrial life out there in the galaxy somewhere, and we have intercepted 72 signals from a distant galaxy. And the signals that they use are from artificial intelligence. 
That's very interesting. I did not hear that. Do we know if they can wrestle? <laughs> Maybe they're coming. There's a spoiler. I'll give a minor spoiler. <laughs> Uh, there is a scene in, I think it may be the fourth issue, uh, where, and, and I, Matt, my co-writer wrote this, so I'm, I'm not laughing at my own joke. I'm laughing what? at Matt's joke. Okay. But he wrote, he, he wrote, you know, there's, the, uh, eventually it comes out that Rory is going to have to fight Manifest Destiny right. at a pay-per-view yeah. with the fate of the world in the balance. Wow. And, uh. Matt Roy, you know, so so they have like a trailer commercial for the pay-per-view and Matt wrote this, you know, joke where uh, you see the stars and you see some constellations and there's a voice, you know, in the trailer that says, you know, for centuries mankind has looked to the heavens with one question in mind. Is there a life out there and can it wrestle? <laughs> and it's like one of the funniest jokes in the whole series for me, so I'm... Excited to put it out there. Nice spoiler. Thank you for airing that on the show this week. But, okay, people are probably like, oh, my God, you're coming, you're coming. Here's to put it into perspective. These signals that they found are 3 billion, 3 billion light years away. And obviously everyone knows, knows what the Voyager craft is, right? The first craft to ever leave our solar system. It took that little scrawny machine 30 years just to leave our solar system. So now imagine how long it would take 3 billion light years to get here. We're fine. Yeah, well, it depends on what it says. Do we know what it says? It says oh, unless you have the capability of fucking warping time and time travel and or whatever, warping space and getting here faster, who knows, but... Right. I don't know. And that's the thing. Do we really want to intercept these signals? Do we really want to call attention to beings that are described as fucking artificial intelligence? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think we want to um, answer it. Like, we may just piss them off if we ignore it. And I, I think we need to, you know, maybe we answer it and uh, just, uh, I don't know. Just give them like an out of out of office reply, like <laughs> we're not here right now. <laughs> Check back in three billion. We're years. going through a climate change. We have left the planet. Come back in fifty years. <laughs> I have this weird fantasy. I worry about climate change, and no one would be happy. You know, there's there's people who who, who deny that the climate's changing. Right. I I no one would be happier to find out that they were right than me. Like I, I would love it of if you found out tomorrow it was all bullshit, and it, and they and, and your you know that one uncle you have is online saying, "Told you, you you liberal moron," and I'd be like, "Oh, thank God, you were right." Right. I am so relieved. Uh, but yeah, I do, I do have this outside hope that maybe like aliens will fix it for us. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they'll fix it for themselves and wipe us out. <laughs> We're going to fix this for you one time and in one time. And if you fuck it up again, we're not coming back. This is like your parents. It's like, we're going to fix this and that's it. Hey, what if they already did that with the dinosaurs? Ah. (laughs) I'm just going down a whole rabbit hole. (laughs) Good. Now I'm going to worry about this now. And you're going to make me something else to to worry about all all day. Maybe we used up one shot. Yeah, I think we're safe. But you see, all all news comes out late, obviously. So you know NASA's been sitting on this probably for months until it was actually okay to air it out to the public. So well, we know 
we know about Area 51. We know, you know, we know they have aliens somewhere. Uh, so now, my question is... What were we talking about? Well, hold on. <laughs> I'm not really a Trump supporter, but does Trump seem that crazy now to uh, assemble the fucking Space Force? <laughs> In a bizarre way. Of all, of all the things he said, I think this is the one that if you dial it down kind of makes some sense like uh if another country were tomorrow blow up all our satellites we'd be in, in pretty piss poor shape right well pretty much yeah i think there's always there was like china blew up one of their own satellites with some kind of missile and people were like you know what are they trying to say with about that and uh and the other thing is like you know people are already starting to say to themselves Look at all these natural resources on Mars, right? right. Look at all, all. So you know, maybe if we if we uh, strip mine Mars, uh, at least we're not going to you know be, be killing anybody or poisoning anyone or or and whatever you know whatever else. But um, sure. no, I think uh, a space force <laughs> is it's time. <laughs> it's time. It's time to jo- it's time for us to all join together. And get space force to force off the ground. For some reason, my kid, yeah, when my he, kids are fourteen and thirteen, I'm 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 oh. already talking to them about it. You know what? You know what I pictured when Trump first announced that, or when it came public, or whatever, and I saw it on Twitter and shit. It was all I could picture was Starship Troopers, that old cult movie. Sure, that's all I could picture, and like our generation, like the older generation, is like, no, you can't go out and fight aliens, and then the younger generation is like, yes, I'm signing up no matter what. And all you see is like statues of Trump everywhere because he was the one who assembled it. <laughs> Maybe it's the one thing, like you know how you look back on Nixon, and you're like, well, you know, you say something nice about Nixon. I was like, well, he <laughs> kind of improved our relationship with China briefly. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll look back on Trump and say. Okay, it wasn't you know it, it, it depend like depending on your politics, right? But uh, I'm not a fan myself personally. But we might I might say, hey, he started Space Force, and look at us now. We we rule the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> we protected ourselves against the uh, you know uh, Zemblek invasion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, you said it before. You're from Portland. You're from the Portland area. You have, yeah. you grew up there and all that. You live there. Am I correct? That's right. Born and raised. I lived in the Midwest for a while, but uh, after um, high school. But uh, born and raised in Portland and live here now with my okay. wife and children. Okay, you have a wife. So you, I was going to ask. Well, I did know that actually from the last time we talked that you have a spouse and children. But okay, you are a writer, Correct. That's true. Yeah, my my day job is writing for video games, and I do that full time as a freelancer. And I've been doing that for uh, well since I don't know two thousand, roughly two thousand six. Yeah, I think we touched and, on some of your credits yeah, the last time as I well. Spent five years before that at a at a game studio working as a game designer. Okay, so as a current writer, okay, now you write sci fi, so it's kind of hard to to imitate your writing, but. There's something in the water in Portland. That's why I'm asking you, and it's a bit scary. And now with the signals coming from space, I don't know if you know something here. So, uh, listen, there's nothing in our water. That's the point. We don't even have fluoride in our water <laughs> because the, the people out here are worried that it, uh, you know, that I, uh, they bring it up and we vote on it, and people, 
you know, come out and say that, you know, corporations are going to try to mind control us if they're allowed to put chemicals in the water. No, I, we, we, it's kind of like they live, right? Like maybe everybody else, every other city isn't seeing things clearly because they have fluoride in their water. And Maybe that's what it is. controlled by the government. And it's just us who, are, who, who don't have the fluoride who can see things the way they are. Maybe. I don't know. Okay, so why I bring this up? <laughs> okay. To tie it up with a nice bow. So there was this woman that lives, I don't know if she still does, because now she got caught, but she lives in Portland or used to live. And she wrote an essay titled, How to Murder Her Husband. So how to murder your husband, in other words, right? But this was in 2011. We're in 2018. So obviously by now you would think that she wouldn't go through with it because it was just whatever. So in June, she ended up gunning down her husband at the Oregon Culinary Institute <laughs> and killed him. And she, and she was 68 years old. Have you heard this story? If your spouse writes a book <laughs> entitled How to Kill Your Spouse your <laughs> You should you should be you should get out of there. You should you should be gone. Um, they toughed it out for another seven <laughs> years. <laughs> Probably slept with one eye open. <laughs> <laughs> and she couldn't even wait till he and the thing is I haven't read her book, but I gotta think that she didn't take her own advice i don't think so either because, like, like if she would have uh ground a bunch of cherry pits to make arsenic and put it in his coffee and you know right. before he went on a fishing trip and then you know uh maybe she got away with it but uh she shot him in downtown portland um <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh, but it's just a circumstance around it. It's never funny to laugh at someone's death. I'm just laughing at how it happened and how, I don't know how she's so stupid to do it as well. And him for staying with her, I guess, right? Like you're saying. She not take her own advice at all. And, um, and then it's like the fact that she published this thing. I mean, how I know, thank you. do the detectives have to think about this before they, they zeroed in on her as a suspect, right? Um, it's true and 68 years old like do you really want to go to jail at 68 think about that like you're going to die literally within a year I don't think she was I don't think she was thinking or maybe she thought she could get away with it and being a granny and such I don't know (laughs) but that's pretty fucked up actually on one note since I have you on I I have a rant another rant because I had a rant at the beginning because I brought back shit I hated because I actually oh I was actually on your side of the world I was just last week in, in Vancouver for five days. Okay. So I was airing my grievances, the differences from Vancouver to Toronto, because people out there are just too nice and then everything else, whatever. I don't want to touch on that again. But just this past week, or yeah, I think it was just past week. You know how every day there's a, a sort of day, like today is fucking Oreo day, tomorrow's pizza day, like whatever. Pick flowers and give it to your mother day. There was a day that, because we have, we have Mother's Day, we have... Father's Day, right? But we don't have Grandparents' Day. We don't. So they came out with one of those Twitter hashtag days called Grandparents' Day. Now, I'm not a PC police type of guy. I don't give a fuck or anything. But this is just to put in perspective how the fucking keyboard warriors think. So me, if I was one of these people, 
all of my grandparents have already passed away. And I'm fairly, I guess, young. I haven't hit 40 yet. So that's pretty odd in itself. So none of my grandparents are alive. So for me, this is a, not a really a touchy suspect because I really didn't grow up with them. They grew up on a different continent. I really barely knew them. So they were strangers to me. But anyways, this is why I don't care. But if it was anyone else, they'd be like, hey, I have no grandparents. Why are they making a day about grandparents? Can't they be considerate about people who don't have grandparents and blah, 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 and blah, 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 like how everyone else does it? So just to show how stupid people are that, you know, not everyone has something that everyone has and vice versa, where just because someone says something or someone celebrates it, it's not because they're putting you down. It's because they're celebrating it for themselves. Right, 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 right. And I just wanted to get that point across because I don't know how you feel about that shit. Well, um, uh, let's see. I don't know. It's <laughs> um, kind of a tough one. There's there's Father's Day and Mother's Day, right? Right. And for some people, that's not a fun day at all, oh, no. either because oh, they had horrible experiences yeah. with one or the other, or both, yeah. uh, or they just their 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 parents are gone and passed away, and, and it's True. it's a it's a bittersweet day. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I take the attitude personally. I'll, I'll keep it focused on myself. That. Uh, um, you know, life goes on and, and people have to celebrate. Exactly. <clears throat> and it can be difficult sometimes to um, to not get depressed on, on one day. or Do you remember, like, I, you know, I can remember even, um, I'm not a very sentimental or nostalgic person, but I can okay. remember there was one Valentine's Day where I just, I was much younger and I had no girlfriend or anything. It was just such a fucking bummer. <laughs> Right to, to sit there on Valentine's Day, right? And I was just so bummed. And um, but I, I, I got to choose to try to be happy for the people who who are celebrating life in some capacity, mm-hmm. whether it's um, you know my grandparents are gone. I have some, some fond memories of, uh, of of two of the four. There you go. And, <laughs> and uh, you know I can choose to remember them, uh, and I can choose to be happy for people who are who are celebrating their grandparents because their grandparents are still alive and they have a yeah. good relationship and um it's all we can do man and i think yeah. it's all in intent like for example in my group of friends or if someone who i meet for the first time doesn't know my history or my background but they know that i'm you know i like to joke around and they throw like oh yeah like a, a mother joke or something i'll just turn to them with the most saddest face and and this is true i just turn to them and i go my mother died and then they're like, oh, my God. And then I start laughing because I have a sense of humor. My mom passed away already 11 years ago. And she's been sick my whole life. So it's like I've been groomed to know that she was going to pass away. And I knew I wasn't going to have her long. So, And I have accepted her passing. So to me, I'm not holding on to anything. And I'm not sad. I had my time. Great. But to see those people's faces, like, be like, oh, my God. Like, as if they killed my mom themselves. It's like, oh, I, I know it's mean, but I just love doing that. But again, you see, because it's the intent. I know they're not attacking my mother for dying. They're attacking the situation and the joke and trying to poke fun at me, which I say is open season. Say whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. Uh, I love that you f- flip it around on them and make them feel so awful and then, <laughs> and then let them off the hook. Well, you have to. You got to teach them a lesson too, right? Because <laughs> not everyone is as cool as I am. So it's just like you can't go around telling everyone that their mother's a whore or something and joking around, right? I... Uh... I, yeah, I appreciate that. And I have learned over the years, I mean, I'm 45 now. I have learned over the years to um, 
it's also it's also you gotta watch what you say. Especially when you, especially when you don't know people. Yeah. You, you can't assume that everyone's has two parents that are alive or that they right. have you know, the relationship with or assume that everybody is uh, you know on the same page with you all the time, right? right? And, mm-hmm. and and or or understand when you're jo- I, I I gotta warm up to people and really know them before I'll start saying really stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't care. Like to me, uh, if you know me a little bit or a long time, I'm pretty much the same type of person. I might trust you more as I get to know you, but the initial is I'll crack a joke about anything. At I don't know, my wife hates it sometimes, and I try and be a I. W- I can't be nice, so I'd rather just be quiet. But then it looks like I'm being mean because I'm not interacting with people. But that's only because I want to say something stupid, so I'm limiting myself. So I can't win either way. <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> Okay, so you said it. You're you're in your mid forties. You're well. You probably got the end of this when this happened because I really didn't get any of it, and I'm in my late thirties. So, were you in school while it was still legal to paddle? Not really. Right? I went to a public school. Okay, though, but here's what I, I went to a public school, and I was just you know this was the seventies, so I missed it. However, yeah, some of the older kids. Still in school when I was there, so we, we did K through eight at that time. Gotcha. And I'm, I'm like, I don't know, first or second or third grade or whatever. There were still like seventh and eighth graders who were like, yeah, uh, we, that that happened here. Like we they don't do that anymore. But uh, you guys lucked out because I remember getting my ass paddled uh, at the principal's office, you know, at a public school. Yeah. So uh, that's weird. I wasn't. Uh, I missed out, thankfully, but I wasn't that far removed <laughs> by the time I got there. Okay, look, in Georgia, <laughs> I can't even, like, I don't even know how to describe it because this is fucking, not barbaric, but it's just to think, okay, I understand because I grew up in the era of where my parents would discipline me with, by literally beating me up, you know what I mean? But not to the point where I have to go to hospital and I show up to school in bruises. Like, they grab, like, a stick, slap me on the ass, they pull my ears. Like, you know what I mean? The fear, right? And plus, my parents were European, so you know they had to hit me regardless. But I don't understand strangers hitting, like, their kids. Like, I solely do not believe in another person being able to touch someone else's kid. That's not right to me. Like, if the parent's not going to hit them, you have no right to touch them as well, no matter what you believe in. But for some odd reason... And of course, it has to be in a southern state. I hate to say it, but in Georgia, there's a school for innovation. Oddly enough, it's a school for innovation, but yet they're going backwards because they have sent out letters for consent to reform their policy on using paddles for punishment on students. This this is 2018. This is happening now. And here's the sad part. One third of the parents have signed off on it. Have signed off of being okay. Yep, their kids being over. Yep, on the okay, one third. So thirty three percent. So for every, th- so for every three student, one of them is going to get whacked. <laughs> it's not a good idea. <laughs> it's uh, as you said, the reason this went, this wall kind of went away for uh, um, corporal punishment <laughs> like that when it, it, it institutionalized. I mean, it's just not a good idea in general, but when you give that much power to, you know, school disciplinarians, it it quickly gets out of hand and out of control. And uh, we're finding about all these horrible things that um, orphans had to go through 
at right, American yeah. orphanages, whether it was didn't you know didn't matter if they were if they were run by a, a religious uh, denomination or not, but just you know it, it's too much power to give to adults over over children who are you know vulnerable and. It's not even that. It's creepy power. Who's signing up to beat up on children? That's the yeah, other I mean, thing. I just could not imagine wanting. I mean, there's nudity involved here, right? You oh, that's. Sure. I didn't even think of that part too. That's right. If you're going to spank someone, you have to uh, pull their pants down. It's just. It's yeah, just, I don't. Well, maybe you don't. I, I don't know. I'm not an expert here, but uh, it's. Um, wow. It's just bizarre. Like I can't imagine an adult wanting to do to, to do this. Um, uh, I think we could. You know, there's a lot of ways to to discipline and, and even punish. Uh, uh, that I think we we could probably take you know paddling off the board uh, <laughs> our schools and institutions. Yeah, I think so too. I um, I don't support. Like I said, if you want to do whatever you want again without hurting them and sending them to the hospital, but instilling the fear and. You know, a little whack here and there every so often. It fuck. I well, even though I'm I'm suffering from brain trauma, but still, that's not because of my parents. But anyways, I, think, I just had this brief. Like, I think it would be okay if if uh, like like a company were with just consenting adults, and everybody was sort of into it. And uh, I just imagine you know, like you just it's like everyone's dressed in like leather and, uh, and if you screw up at work, your boss gets to paddle you and, and, and you're, ex- I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I just feel like, I think you're trying to share your intimate, uh, <laughs> lifestyle here, my friend, <laughs> like saying, I think you're, I think you're too comfortable now, Ed. <laughs> projecting. <laughs> or are you putting it out there and you're going to tell your wife later, Hey babe, you know, you got to listen to this episode. It was so funny. Uh, and then you're like putting these, uh, uh, maybe if it's a company like that makes sex toys and makes like spanking paddles and you, it's like, and everyone's down with this. It's okay. And yeah, you like miss you, you, you're the order. You, you, you're supposed to ship an order to a customer and you screwed it up and it was late. And then, so you're, you're like, yay, I get to, I'm going to be paddled today. And that's the other thing. You brought up another good point. The paddles itself. No one makes paddles anymore. So the only place you could order from is from a sex store. So you're going to have a fucking sex paddle to whack these kids with that first until someone starts making them for you. That's bizarre. <laughs> and you'd have to go, right. You'd have to go to like a sex and say, uh, and you have to have a lot because they would, they might break. You'd have to have kids <laughs> And maybe you have to have one for male, maybe one for female, because, you know, you, you, they kind of change. Teacher, the shop teacher could probably make it for you. Ah, there's, there but, you go. But, See, No, nah, I don't think so. Well, something that I find very complicated, and you've been to New York, have you? Not? Well, my parents are from New York. Oh, there you go. Been there quite often over the years. Okay, well, you know that New York rats, the sewer rats, are fucking huge and disgusting, right? But they've never really been known to being that smart, have they? Uh, I think rats are somewhat intelligent, but um, uh, you know, we don't have to fear them taking over the world anytime soon. Well, well, I say, in Washington, yeah. D.C., there was a rat that pulled the fire alarm in a condo building, making it ev- uh, go under evacuation. Really? Did he then go and go after like people's cheese while they were? 
I don't know what it did after, but there's there's a little slight small video that you could find probably somewhere online. Just Google rat pulling fire alarm. I'm sure it'll come up in DC. And it's like maybe a 10 second video. You see the, the it's like more in like the maintenance, I guess, shipping receiving area of the building, probably I would say. And which makes sense because it's probably in the basement. And it's uh, walking along the rail, like the yellow uh, hazard rail, I guess, for the, the safety rail. And then does a leap onto the actual fire alarm because it's one of those big, thick, bricked ones like in, in a warehouse. And I guess hanging and dangling, it's how it pulled it down. I'm going to say probably <laughs> it was probably unintentional. There, there are yeah, excellent I think so, climbers too. I hear. We have a, a big problem with them in Portland because oh. people out here um, are allowed to have chickens. <laughs> That's like, right. Like, I can have chickens in my yard if I want. I live yeah. in the city. We also compost, so we have a garbage can, and then we have a special compost bin where you put all your food scraps, and uh, this is very exciting for rats. Uh, oh, of course. Uh, another another pest. So we have a big problem with them out here, and um, so I know all about them. They can chew through almost anything. They can climb. They can swim. And they can squeeze through very even a big rat can squeeze through like an opening the size of a quarter. I know that's so fucked up. <laughs> and I and I hate them. Like I have a thing. I'm not really scared of spiders and snakes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't love them, but yeah. I don't. I don't have any kind of a phobia. What I hate are are vermin, maggots, oh. and rats, and things like that. Just drive me nuts. So bats um, too, I guess, because that's a flying vermin. Yeah. <laughs> we live in this new house. And I bought like twelve uh, of these uh, rat poison traps. Okay, yeah. I made my my thirteen year old. He's the smallest of them all. I made him go underneath the house with a lantern yeah, and some rat traps. Poor kid. <laughs> I made him crawl around out there and lay these things down so that. Uh, and I've got I've got them uh, again. I've got them in my garage under my porch. I have one inside my hot tub uh, garden shed. Uh, I you know. I'm obsessed with keeping these things out of my home. Yeah, I don't know what what I despise the most. You know what? It's probably creepy crawly thingies because they could get like in your orifices and up your nose and lay eggs and shit. The bigger stuff, you could just whack or step on so you know where they're going. But they still have the leaping ability and that's pretty freaky if they could grab your neck or something, right? But then again, I watch too many movies. Maybe that's my problem. You said you work from home so you really don't have to quit. But if you had a way... That your all-time perfect way, say you worked at a shitty job, it paid the bills, it was good, whatever, but you had no other choice, you had to work there because you just had to, circumstances, right? I've been there. Okay, so of course, we've all been there, even like one, maybe one of our first jobs. Now, say you just won the fucking lottery, and you, your kids, your grandkids, their grandkids are set, and you have fuck you money, how the hell would you quit? What would you do on your last day to quit? Um... I would probably like um, not tell anybody that I have this money, oh. and then I like you know I'm 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 handing in my notice, right? And why don't you all come uh, have a beer with me? Oh, okay. And I would you know rent out like the restaurant across the street, and I would just have like a mother of all blowouts with. Uh, you know, uh, stripper, male strippers, female strippers, uh, giant bowls of like cocaine in, wow. um, 
you know, firewalkers, um, just, you know, in just, I would just have like an insane party for everybody. That's if, if, if I liked my coworkers, I guess if you don't like your coworkers, I wouldn't, I would, maybe I would, um, okay. Let's say you didn't like your coworkers. Cause I hate, I'm sorry to say if they listen, I, I, I love you guys and don't make my work life hell, but I hate all my coworkers. <laughs> Um, then I would, okay, so my last day, let's say I'm in my cubicle right. and I have kind of like my wash and wear, you know, suit and it's my last day and, you know, maybe, maybe a few people bother to say goodbye. Maybe they have a sheet cake and then, but I would just be like, all right, goodbye. And then I would have like these people come and put me in one of those litter, you know how like, like when you're a king and a queen, they would put you in like a seat and they would carry you around. Oh yeah, yeah. I would just have them come to my cubicle and put me in one of those and carry me off downstairs to the street below and have like a gold-plated limousine pull up with a hot tub in the back. Oh. And I, I would go directly from the litter into the hot tub and I would just, you know, uh, there'd be some champagne waiting for me and some like beautiful people. And then I would just wave up at my former coworkers as the limousine pulled off. And uh, That's nice. That'd be it. Wow. Yeah, you are a writer because you went into full detail, my friend. I, I'm, I don't go – like mine is going to be not half as imaginative as yours. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, you could also buy the company without anybody knowing. And That's like, true. And, and, then, and then when they have a party to, to, to say goodbye to you, you could fire everyone. I like that. That's my just, new all-time favorite. Then just sit there in an empty, empty building and with – I like your boss's office with your feet on the desk and smoke a cigar. You know what I'm saying? Well, before I reveal mine, these are some of the most popular ones online that I've managed to scrounge up. So there was one guy. I, I, I could see myself doing this one. So he used to do the overnight shift, but his boss, so he did the midnight shift, but his boss worked during the day. But he knew where his boss's stash of liquor and illegal cigars were in the office. So he Jiminy rigged it got in it and smoked all the cigars that, well, I guess as many as you can in an eight hour shift and drank as much as he can and left all evidence and a note saying that he quit. Is that what he did for real? Yeah. Someone actually did that. (laughs) That's a good one. I like that. Those are always like the fuck you to the boss ones. I think are always my favorites. Like the stupid ones where you always hear, Oh, I waited for the perfect opportunity right before I was about to land the biggest customer. And then I said, fuck you. I quit. And then they didn't want to sign anymore or something. It's like, Okay, is it really a big fuck you? Not really. It's a big more of a fuck you to the company than to the actual person that you hate, you know? Because I don't really hate my company. I hate the people who run the company. <laughs> like, you know, the company pays for my fucking bills. The company keeps a uh, roof over my head. Like, you know what I mean? I have no problem with them. Keep on selling. It's the people who run it that fucking suck. Because they're the ones yeah. that are trying to money manage and keep everything for themselves, right? It's, it's a tough it, It's a tough world, isn't it? I mean... Um... You have to, you got to pay your bill, keep things manageable. And very often what you're doing to do that, what you have to do to accomplish that isn't your passion. And I'm pretty lucky, you know, at some point when I was fairly young still, I got into video games and, and that's been my full-time job in one way or another. So awesome. Even it's all relative. Like I even, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to do this comic book is because so much of what I do is all work for hire. And, um, I wanted, 
there's parts of me that wants to do other stuff. I want to just sit down and write my novel. I want to write comic books. I want to write and, and, and sometimes doing client work. Uh, it's hard to focus and be motivated. Um, it is, I know. But for so many people, I'm in favor of whoever you are, you know, out there, if you're listening to this, um, I'm in favor of the full-time job, you know, get, get the best job you can get some benefits, you know, pay your bills, uh, keep things manageable. So you're, you're not, you know, always worried and stressed, too stressed about money. Yeah. You're always stressed too. about money and then be able to pursue your passion and, and you're going to have a lot less time for it if you need, when you do it on as a hobby. Yeah. But, um, I think you can get farther with it in the long run if you're not, um, if your life's manageable, you know, if you can pay your bills and put food on the table and, of course. and you're, you're not in crisis, right? You don't have the housing insecurity or any of that stuff. And long term, it, 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 you'll get, you'll get farther with it. Oh, most um, definitely. Of course. Right. Again, it all depends on the person. If you're one of those people, like I was never able to just have a podcast and be like, you know what? Even if I don't make money for three years, I'm cool with that because eventually it's going to take off. Well, in the meantime, I need a house to sleep in. I need food in my stomach. I need means of transportation, like all these things. And what's paying for that? I, I can't have that on my back of my mind where I could go find like a quick, get not get rich, but a quick dime here and there, like driving Uber or being a waiter here and there. I, I'm not one of those people. I, I need the structure of nine to five. Now that I'm getting older, I could see where money is and everything. And now that I'm getting older, I have less bills, less debt. So it's like, you know what? Maybe I'll do, we'll try doing this part-time. And maybe it will turn into full-time. And if it doesn't, well, it will stay part-time. Who cares? I'm still having fun. Yeah. And I wish I wish I had spent my my youth a little differently. Because I do think when you're young, you don't have a mortgage and you don't have a spouse or kids. And um, it's just you and you alone. That, that is can be a good time maybe to get obsessed with something and get good at it. Right. Right. You have to worry too much about, you know, taking really you know taking care of yourself managing your life and having a having a job um because then but the flip side of that is you know i'm 45 and i think i i do love i I do appreciate my clients i do love what i do for games but i keep thinking like you know um am i just too scared to 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 give it up for something that might be better. Right. I, am I scared to give up something that's good for something that might be better? Am I too scared to want to just sit down, stop doing client work and sit down and, and take uh, the risk of doing my own novel or mm-hmm. just focusing on comic books and, right. and, and my own projects. And, and when I get to the end of the line, how much will I regret playing it safe? It, it's, it's a tough, uh, Oh, you'll regret it all. But at the time it's the most smartest thing to do. That's the problem. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's a stupid idea to be set and to be comfortable and to have a good life. But looking back, you're like, it was stupid, like you just said, that I didn't take the extra advantage of it. So you're always going to regret a little thing, no matter what, I think. But again, playing it smart is where it got you now. And who knows if that was the path you're supposed to take to branch off into something else, right? So, I mean, we, we funded the Nation for Planet Resotopia with our own money. We couldn't have done that if we didn't have good jobs See? that night and our, exactly. our, spouses, our spouses have good jobs too and we're very very lucky in that regard yes um, that is important i'm a very lucky man as well i i i, I give you a virtual cheers w- with my mug of coffee <laughs> okay so 
I'm sure now, we, well, we babbled on. We forgot the whole point of this. How I would quit if I was to inherit a big amount of money. So, again, I hate, as I said before, I hate the people I work with. Now, my boss currently, he's okay. But my old boss, he's retired, so I could talk shit now. I don't care. I, if it was him, I would literally, while he's working, on my last day, I'd walk into his office. I'd drop my fucking jeans. I'd squat and take the most nastiest shit ever. And I'd make sure the night before I'd eat beans, chili, Mexican, fucking drank all this pop, everything just so I could have the worst runs ever and just go crazy on his desk. That would be my you really don't. You really don't want a referral. <laughs> like I said, he's retired now, so it doesn't matter. I won't need a referral from him. That's why I'm saying it. It's perfect. Um, the other thing I just thought of, which could be fun, would be like uh, you're in your cubicle and it's your last day, and you know, a few people swing by and say, hey, you know, it was great working with you. And, you know, what do you do next? You're like, oh, you know, um, I... Uh, uh, you know, I got I got a little business venture going, uh, and then you're just working at your desk, and then you use some of your money to pay. Oh, like some so like then, and then it's like uh, you have LeBron James come to your work. Oh my god! And, and like go to your cubicle and be like, hey, 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 Ed, come on, we gotta go. You know, we gotta go. Come, on, are you done? Are you done? Yeah, hang on, LeBron, one second. I just I just need to, um, you know, I need to make this just one last. Just need to send this last email. You know, I just. <laughs> Just got to sign this PO. This oh, my God. That's free. hilarious. Yeah, that's then a good you, one, too. Yeah. Then you and LeBron just walk off together. And then you never show up again, and everyone's like, what the fuck just happened? Wait, what? <laughs> oh, okay. I like The Rock or something like that. Last time you were on, I introduced, well, I didn't introduce, but I don't know how long ago I introduced it, but you were in the early stages of when I used to talk about dumb laws, correct? Remember I brought up some dumb laws in the Portland area and Oregon area? if they were my fault <laughs> okay well i've changed it up a bit because there's only so many laws that you can make fun of where my guests are from because usually it's oh. people from canada or from the united states so i could only have so many dumb laws from certain places so i've turned it into a pick three type of game where i'll give you three dumb laws and you tell me which one is the actual real dumb law right. and there's three categories so it's best out of three so We'll see how much you know, and it, uh, I'll, I'll let you know the cat. Okay, so we'll start off with the first one. First one is Canadian laws, since I'm based in Canada, okay? So, I'll give you three laws, and then you tell me which one is the correct one, or the real one. So, in Winnipeg, Manitoba, it is illegal to own an indoor gas fireplace. In Calgary, Alberta, it is illegal to place your feet up on a bench or table. In Squamish, British Columbia, it is illegal to play hide-and-go-seek outdoors. Which one is the real fake law? Or which, which one's the real dumb law? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with... I'm going to say there is a politician... In Vancouver, I think you said it was Vancouver, who's super, super grumpy and just hated kids. Okay. And it's like, I didn't, and that's all you could do. Like, a hundred years ago, you didn't have video games or anything, and there was just, like, hide-and-seek was one of the most fun things you could do. And this guy's just like, hide-and-seek is illegal. <laughs> and he announces it, like, at the county fair. And all these kids start crying, and he's just like, I... 
yeah, I don't care. It's illegal. Like, catch you kids, you're going to child jail. <laughs> and that was, uh, they just never took it off the books. Am I right? You're wrong, my friend. It is the Calgary one. It is illegal to place your feet up on a bench or table. Mm. So you're all for right. one. All right, you still got two more to go. You could redeem yourself here. That was, that was just a warm up. Now I'll I'll give you the option. Do you want American law next or a world law next? Uh, give me an American. Law all right, I'll, I'll be able to get this one. I tried to stay towards more the Pacific side of things. Just at least maybe you might have some knowledge. So let let's see your Pacific knowledge here. In Sacramento, it is illegal to purchase more than one bottle of wine at a time while eating at a restaurant. In Salt Lake City, it is illegal to whistle at the opposite sex. In Salt Lake City, in Utah, Salt Lake City. In Seattle, it is illegal to have a fishbowl on a bus. Well, okay. The first one doesn't sound so crazy. I mean, it sounds like a liquor law that's maybe a little bit unnecessary, but not too crazy. Salt Lake City is a pretty conservative town. Mm -hmm. Maybe they did outlaw catcalling. The goldfish on a bus. Um. I could just kind of see, like, I bet you a lot of people just ended up, like, you know, dropping their goals for It's a big freaking problem for everybody else, scrambling to get the fish, you know. And so, those are all, uh, I'm going to say that, uh, number two, the Salt Lake City one is fake. Ah, oh, you're wrong. Oh, for two. It is the fishbowl. It is actually illegal in Seattle to carry a fishbowl on the bus. You know why? Um, what's, go- what's going on there? What, why? Because too many people complained about the swishing noise it made while the bus was in motion. How, how often did this really happen? I don't know. You live close to there. You tell me. <laughs> it's like some pet store downtown that everyone was going to constantly and you couldn't get on the bus without hearing that noise or... <laughs> All right, let's see if you could at least redeem yourself by not going 0 for 3 here. Good for Salt Lake City. Okay, let's go into the world. In Japan, it is illegal not to wear a bra while in a building with air conditioning. In Russia, it is illegal to purchase a second home without consent from the president. In Turkey, it is illegal to eat turkey on American Thanksgiving. Wow. <laughs> I, I mean, the one in Russia, I just can't believe, like, uh, what a pain in the ass that would be. Like, uh, imagine being a realtor. Like, oh, this is your second home? Okay, we'll need to get, you know, permission from Vladimir Putin. Hey. hey. Hang on. Just get. <laughs> Yeah, he's not he's not a nice guy. Um but he's also I mean he's busy. He's up to a lot of shit, that guy. He is. That so is true. The first one uh, uh, Japan I think is a little bit like America in which we have a weird uh love-hate relationship with sex and sexuality. I'm going to say the first one. 
You redeemed yourself. You at least got one right. You went one for three. That is correct. The Japanese one is correct. Thank you, Japan. <laughs> They're always there for you. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So I posed some. I put out a tweet earlier on before we started recording on uh, yes. the podcast page, and I tagged you on it so you could see. So it's not like people thinking that I'm asking my own questions because last time it kind of went the wrong way because I didn't really want to mention the the Twitter accounts just in case I'd get in trouble. But now I don't give a fuck. So All right. Let me pull up said questions maybe i should go to the maybe going to the original tweet would help then i could see all the replies right sure i think that would make sense well in the meantime do you have anything to plug do you have anything to say anything else you would like to add um you know people can find invasion from planet wrestletopia issues one and two on amazon kindle or uh, print on demand and they're also on comiXology or on comic central it's this new uh cool website just for indie comics only, comiccentral.com, and they sell PDFs. Um, actually, I really need to plug um, our publisher, Starburns Industries Press, is doing this really cool Kickstarter, and they're calling it Comics Comics Anthology. Mm-hmm. But they got a bunch of cool stand-up comedians to uh, write uh, to write for the anthology, and Patton, including Patton Oswalt uh, is probably the most famous one. But um, they've got some other uh, comedians, Jackie, uh, I think it's Kashane, I hope I pronounced that right, Kashane, uh, Sarah uh, Benincasa, um, uh, and a local comedian here, Carolyn Maine, who's very funny. Uh, there you go. The Kickstarter, it could use uh, some support. I think it's going pretty well, but it's, yeah, it's called Starburns Presents Comics, Comics, Comics Number One by Patton Oswalt and Powell. So you can... Find it by SBI Press on Kickstarter. Please check it out. Uh, pledge. There's a week. Well, as of this recording, there's a week left. Um, and it's. Uh, I'm excited about it because I, I'm excited that Star Wars is kind of bringing humor to comics. And yeah, that's, all, that's uh, awesome. You got to bring uh, humor everywhere. That's what I say. I even bring them to funerals, but I get looked down on for that. But that's just me. I can't, I can't wait to see what some of these comedians do with this anthology. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, that would be cool. All right, I got the questions here. I'm all ready to go now. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, so a couple of them are comic book related, obviously, and a couple of them are from my idiot fucking co-hosts. So you don't have to take those questions seriously because I know they're just trying to pull your leg and trying to cause chaos, but I love chaos, so that joke's on them. Okay, anyways, first question is from, let me get this right, the Monster Closet Podcast, which is Monster Closet PC on Twitter, and they asked... Is Henry Cavill in or out as Superman? And if he's out, how soon after do you think Affleck will make an exit? Well, uh, I can't know. I, I, this is what I'll say. Uh, Warner Brothers just does not seem very committed I know. to the DC Universe when it comes to film. Uh, I think they're making uh, doing well with television. And I think actors like uh, Cavill and Affleck will only—they only, can only just kind of deal with that. For not to say it's all, you know, the fault of, of film executives, but um, they can only just kind of deal with that so long because they get other opportunities and they want to do other things. And um, um, so I think Cavill's gone. I don't think he'll ever be Superman again. I think Affleck is done. Yep. Uh, they're. Uh, 
because uh, the, the Warner Brothers also just doesn't really care that much about the continuity of things because it's 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 not this big unified universe. And they're so stupid. Like how how dumb are you not to see what Marvel is doing? Okay, you don't have to rip them off exactly, but you have the mature right. rating behind your DC universe. Why don't you use that to cater towards the adults instead of just the children? But uh, it's hard. It's harder to kind of justify like why they they why they're stra- why they don't want to copy Marvel strategy, right? No, um, yeah. Especially since they've got like a great Wonder. I mean, they've got a pretty good cast they of do. actors. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But uh, I think yeah, those guys are gone. That's my prediction. Yeah, I think so too. Like, as, what, what what's the saying where you hear? What is it? Rumbling? There's fire? What is it the fuck it is? I don't know. Whatever. Rumble, rumble fire. Sure, when sure. Rumble, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Fire. Wherever there's rumble, there's a fire. Sure. <laughs> Next question from uh, Films on Trial. They are Films Trial on Twitter. Your favorite non-superhero comic book movie and why? Oh, oh, movie? Yeah, or comic book movie and why? Non-superhero. Well, my favorite comic book movie. Uh, that's... I'm sorry. Comic book movie that's not a superhero. Yeah, that's hard. Okay. How um, many are there actually? Yeah, I'm I'm a little less prepared because um, I thought they were talking about just about comic books. Um, maybe like Men in Black that could be considered a non superhero. Something like that. Sci-fi, uh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Let me think about that. Um. Okay, let's go with superhero then. Your favorite yeah, superhero no, no. comic book. I'm sorry. Oh, my favorite what? Superhero comic book movie, since you were more prepared for that one. Probably, I really appreciate... Um, this may be kind of a minority-held opinion, but I really dug the first Ant-Man movie. Oh, I just okay. like things that are kind of lighthearted right. and fun. And for non-superhero comic book, I was going to point out grew because when mm-hmm. i was a kid okay uh, the group you know I, I was i don't know i was 12 or 13 when that was popular mm-hmm. and i just thought it was really funny and really cool and it also just kind of made me feel like well maybe i could do a comic book one day if this is the kind of thing that um can get popular and people can enjoy like i didn't see myself writing very real serious stories for captain america and stuff like that right but i thought maybe i could do something like grew and that kind of gave me some some hope that i could do this kind of thing one day well that's cool yeah i guess so you know what mine would be and people don't know that it was an actual comic mine would have to be honey i shrunk the kids oh was that a comic book really it actually was i'm looking it up online right now and it dropped in 89 when when did yeah, because the actual movie thing came out in ninety something. Right? I, I, I did not know that. See, there you go. Let's see when the movie actually did come out. Because that that's pretty close in time. So eighty nine and oh, wow, 80. I can't believe it has such a bad rating. It's such a great movie. Actually, it came out in 89 as well. So maybe maybe the comic came right after and it was sold in a package, one of those things back in the day, because they used to do that a lot back in the day, right? But it's still a comic, so I'll go with that as my answer. 
Yeah, you know, and I, I'm, it's funny. I'm looking at it. It's really interesting. The the movies that were made from comic books that were not superhero comic books. There's not that many, I don't think. I mean, it's not necessarily a ton, but um, when I look at them, and I'm looking at this list now, it's like I really enjoyed a lot of these comic books, but then the movies, not so much. I mean, I I would have to say so. So here's some you know examples are like Sin City, Cowboys versus Aliens. Oh um, right. You know, American Splendor was cool, and Ghost World was. I, I like those kind of quirky uh, movies, but like you know. Uh, 300, uh, Alien versus Predator, you know, From Hell, which was, for me, was an okay movie. Um, I actually would have to go Men in Black. Was, right. uh, it's not a very original, but um, that movie is freaking hilarious and really cool. And um, that was probably, uh, you know, the best movie made from a comic book where there are no superheroes. And then, you know, American Splendor and uh, Ghost World are also up there for me. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a unique question. I, like, if you think about it, what movies are there, right? It's true. Because everyone knows, yeah, comic books, you'll all automatically associate it being with superheroes, right? But not necessarily. We, gotta, we put in a word, though, for heavy metal. I mean, that... that oh, there you go. If you were at the right age when that came out, that thing was just blew your mind. <laughs> yeah, see, exactly. Well, especially the colorful uh, illustrations. That's what caught me, and I wasn't even into metal. So, you're like, new and you're like, oh my god, you know, you're like 13 years old. Swamp Thing was a great movie. I, I get that. I guess, yeah, I get oh, the Swamp Thing. That's right. Great movie at the time. I'm not sure well how it holds up. And I actually remember going to the theater. I mean, this is 1990, so it's not mm-hmm. ancient street. But I went to the theater to see Dick Tracy, and it was a big deal. There's another one that yeah. came out. It was uh, it was almost like Batman, the first Batman, Michael Keaton. Batman. That's true. Around that. All right, you don't have to answer these questions, but I just want to show the the oh. people who, how stupid these next questions are from my uh, co-hosts. Right. So from the most I was going to say the most stupidest, but that would make me the most stupid. The most stupid host I've ever had on my show is Richie. And he must have been in La La Land when he fucking decided to uh, tweet this out. Or he was inebriated by something. But he tweets, his question is, and I'm reading this word for word. So it's not me who doesn't know how to read, okay? And this just goes to show you got to stay in school, kids. After a session with Vaseline... How disappointing that he feeling himself while cleaning up that mess. Yeah, I, I, Richie, I, I, I have no idea what, what you mean by that at all. I, mean, uh. I, think, I think I, I, I kind of know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I don't feel bad at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you answered it. See, there you go. He answered your question, Richie. Fucking idiot. Like, I don't, like, that sounded like what. Oh, uh, speaking of aliens, when a robot comes here as an alien and speaking to us for the first time, that's what he would sound like. I, I, I'm an adult. I have needs. What, what is there to be ashamed What is there to feel bad about? Right? And hopefully, well, hopefully, I, hopefully I understand the question well enough. I, I, I think I sort of know what he's asking, I guess, because at the time, pulling out the Vaseline seems like a good idea, but once you're done, you're like, what the fuck am I doing? And I guess that's what he's trying to get the point across, I, I would assume. Maybe, 
maybe for him, this is he's doing something different, and it's very traumatic. I, 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 it doesn't seem like a big deal to me. Uh, what do I? Mean? Yeah, well, well, you know a lot more than he does, that's for sure. And we'll end off this question because at least this one was grammatically correct, but it's still pretty fucked okay. up. So uh, my, my last week's uh, guest slash co-host uh, Pedro was on, and every time we get together, it's always about uh, boobs and tits and vaginas and whatnot. So his question obviously has to be sexually related as well. So Pedro asks, has he? I guess. It, in yourself so has he ever had a thumb in his ass while getting a bj just want to know well let me just first say um no let me first start saying by i am sorry and i understand if you never want to come back you may proceed uh it's an excellent question it really is just an excellent question (laughs) uh I, i didn't say no um and the thing about it is, I mean, it that it's it's so jarring when that stuff happens. Like, it, 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 unless you're given a warning, and I'm not knocking it or saying it's it's hey. it's not, it, you shouldn't do it or to it's each not his own. But um, I've been in situations where you know you're not being properly um, prepared, <laughs> and it's just. It's just not something that you want should be a surprise. You should just uh, because you're like, whoa, let's just focus on what we're doing here and, and not not worry about being so extra, right? That's exactly. my personal. You see, because I'm the same way. I'm very open. I don't care. I'll do anything as long as it's with another man because I'm not into that. If I was, sure, but I'm not. So anything to do with a woman, like I always tell my wife. You ask me first. Don't surprise me. Don't fucking strap on a fucking uh, strap on and start pegging me from behind when I'm not expecting it. Ask me something first because I will not get pissed off for you asking, but I will get pissed off if you start shoving fists up my ass. Like, you know what I mean? Because there's a line for everyone. I don't need to like everything, but I'm not going to get offended if you ask. I don't care. Everyone has their needs. There should be a conversation. Exactly. You know? And that's that's why you want to have a, a loving partner whether whether you're you know monogamous or not if you, if you love and respect each other you can talk about these things thank you before you try them exactly and, and everyone's and everyone's happier exactly well on that note i gotta go uh, lube up my sex swing so i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna plug my shit since you've plugged yours so uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter. I mentioned it earlier in the show when I talked about my trip to Vancouver. It's Finga Styles, or you could follow the podcast Twitter because uh, Master P no longer runs it. He has gone his separate ways. We are still, don't worry, we are still close. Everything's cool, but I have taken over it for now until maybe I find another intern. And uh, maybe I could get that intern to fix the sex swing too. Hmm. Anyways. So Finger Styles is me. The podcast DAP is the podcast. You could also email us, the podcast DAP at gmail.com. What else is there? Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud. And obviously go to podbros.com. Click on the Amazon banner. Help them out. Help me out. Go to poppyapparel.com. If you are a woman and still listening and not disgusted about our sex talk towards the end, go to poppyapparel.com. Like I said, use promo code THEPODCAST with a capital D. You'll get 10% off your next shipment. It's free shipping worldwide, so no excuse for all the international listeners. And also, I have a merch store, so you could support the podcast by buying either a woman's t-shirt, a men's t-shirt, or since I love to drink coffee while I'm on the show, a mug with all the podcast logos on them. 
in black or white, so now people can't say I'm racist, and that's at wehavemerch.com. Put in the podcast in the search engine, you'll find me there, and it's pretty cheap prices, and it's shipping worldwide as well. And also support my good comedic friend, Sarah Rin. Go check out her Patreon page. She is a former guest of the show. Go check out her episode as well. That's on patreon.com backslash Sarah Rin or follow her on Twitter, Sarah Rin Comedy. And also, uh, Ed's familiar with these guys, the Gato 5 guys, their podcast, they're putting out their first annual awards and I have been nominated, I believe, for three awards in their category. So go for, for myself, even though I'm not a wrestler or I have nothing to do with wrestling, I still have been nominated. I think I'm under the category of non-wrestling guest and a best episode and something else. I don't remember. Go check it out. Vote. And that's at Gato 5 as well. If you guys follow me, you know where to follow them. And that's about it. Did you have some fun this time around, Ed? You'll be back. Uh, I was less nervous. And I had a lot of fun. Well, all I have to say, I have to give you some feedback from the last time. Because some people thought that our last, I guess, interview slash talk was while you were being held hostage at the zoo. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you for not being at the zoo again this time. Really appreciate it. Or the listeners, I guess, appreciate it. Because for me, it really didn't piss me off that much. Uh, I will just say I, I haven't done a lot of these. I, I uh, so I, I it was a lot of fun. I appreciate being on, um, and, and I'm still I'm still a little bit of a rookie cookie when it comes to doing these podcasts. So hopefully I'll 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 get better. There you go. So on that note, he's Ed. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace. <laughs>